2: Clients of Ark Investment Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast.
1: Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Ark's FYI podcast. My name is Frank Downing, and with me today is Nick Gruse. We both cover Ark's Next Generation Internet strategy, and today we're talking with Vitek Radomski and Caleb Applegate of Engine, a emerging NFT company who's actually been around in the gaming space for the past twelve years. And for the past four years specifically, has been focusing on building out an NFT ecosystem that can scale to meet the demands of the modern gaming industry and many use cases beyond that.
3: And before we get into the full interview, let's just preface that if you don't have a lot of background and and knowledge in the NFT space, maybe this will be a time to pause this podcast and go back to our prior one with the co-founder of Nifty Gateway. In that one, we explain a lot more of the understanding and original ideas around NFTs and how they work and what exactly they are. This one's a little more in the weeds. We're talking with a company that's been around for four years and is really pioneering and helping push this industry further. And you know, the one area and reason we actually originally reached out to this company is because of their importance in the gaming space. When gaming has met crypto, this company has kind of been pushing that narrative and we find it to be really, really exciting time, not only just for traditional gaming space. This is a $175 billion dollar industry. And now we're adding blockchain to this. And so allowing for all these digital assets that gamers have collected over the years to actually have value and meaning. That's what crypto allows. That's what NFTs allow for within the gaming space. It also allows and maybe will help realize this idea of the metaverse, this understanding and endpoint of the internet where virtual worlds, whether they're games or not, are going to be interoperable. So you'll be able to jump from one virtual world to the next. And we believe firmly that that NFTs and crypto are going to be a big part of this movement because of it allowing for and to take unique items from one game and transport to another. And that's what Engine has done. And maybe Frank, you can just dive a little bit more on their background and what we're going to hear today. Yeah. So
1: like I mentioned, Engine actually originated 12 years ago, working on mobile gaming projects. And like you mentioned, Nick, four years ago, started getting into crypto more aggressively realizing some of the opportunity that you just mentioned, they held an ICO and launched their engine coin ENJ, on the Ethereum blockchain back in 2017. And they've really been on the cutting edge of NFT technology ever since then. VTech, who we talked to in this conversation, actually wrote a token standard for more scalable NFTs on Ethereum called ERC-1155. That's a almost a next or a different iteration on NFTs, the, the underlying protocol that powers them next to ERC 721, which is what a lot of the digital art products you see are built off of today. And as they've gone on this journey, they've kind of been a key infrastructure player in building out ways to make NFTs more accessible for different use cases. And so we get into some of these new projects that they're working on. They have a new blockchain dedicated for NFTs called Affinity that they've built that's built on top of a Polkadot, which is a newer competitor blockchain to Ethereum, so to say. So I don't want to give too much away before we dive in. Let's dive right into it.
4: Sure. So I'm Vitek, I'm the CTO of ENGINE. We've been around for about 12 years and we've been in the blockchain space for four years now. We started with ENGINE Coin and the first NFT platform on Ethereum. And we are now working on a plethora of different projects around that. Sure, I can quickly give you a rundown. So, we started a long time ago in the gaming space back in 2009, and we made a content management kind of social media platform for gamers. And that grew from zero users, we had zero money, and we grew that to 20 million users over eight years. And we realized that a lot of our, our users were running things like Minecraft servers and gaming servers, and they would basically take donations from players in order to get perks in the game. Some people were even selling digital items inside Minecraft. And we saw Ethereum come out and we saw all this potential for using blockchain to get people ownership over their items. So we started working on the very first non-fungible token contracts on Ethereum. We presented this idea to the community. We got a huge amount of positive feedback We created the first sort of factory for creating these non-fungible tokens on Ethereum. And we worked with a lot of game developers, indie game developers. And now we're talking to larger game developers that want to do this in their games, as well as businesses, enterprises. We offer all all kinds of different tools to do that.
3: And when you say that you started and helped build up the NFT space, I assume you mean in that way, you mean around ERC-721 and that standard and help pioneering that movement towards that? Can you walk us through a bit about that movement and the initial nft space and maybe where we are today or up until what i would describe as the nft winter we're kind of going through right now i'll clarify so
4: actually we started back in 2017 there was no concept of non-fungible tokens um, in early 2017. this was a, this was a completely new concept uh, there was erc20 which are currencies on ethereum and we realized if you want to give game companies the ability to create these items, we're going to have to have a concept of unique items as well as fungible tokens and make those easy to to interact in the blockchain space. So we started working on a standard and some code to do that and that turned into the ERC 1155 standard. Meanwhile, the ERC 721 standard also came out on Ethereum. And so we used some of their ideas, we used some of our original ideas, ERC 1155 basically lets you do anything, it lets you create a vending machine for tokens. And they can be complete, unique, single items, or they can be like stacks of items, like you have a stack of gold in a game or health potions, which are all the same. It lets you define any kind of universe that your items live in. So it's quite a powerful standard. It has a lot of benefits over the the previous two standards, which were just really narrowly focused on only currencies or only single unique NFTs. We wrote that standard in the community, you know we spent one year with the community developing it, and now it's becoming the most popular NFT standard.
3: what type of adoption are you seeing on this new standard?
4: I would say just about every project now is trying to support ERC-1155, whether that's marketplaces, wallets, blockchain explorers are all starting to integrate it. Most of the major marketplaces for NFTs are now supporting, or even just minting, their primary mode of minting tokens is ERC-1155. Just because it's more gas efficient, lets you do batch transfers, batch operations, and some people want to have like collections of tokens, where you're not just minting, you know, some like, one off Mona Lisa, you might want to do 10 of them, or you want to do a, a run of cards, for example, for some sort of game or sport or whatever it is.
3: What was the initial genesis around like, well, NFTs could be super valuable within gaming? And like that initial pull. And I think I've understood it as like people want to own their digital assets and where else do you own digital assets other than in really gaming is like the main kind of draw. That's where my brain goes to. But what was that initial? Was there an aha moment like, oh, my God, this is it. This is the technology to bring that. And why aren't we seeing it in kind of the traditional gaming space? Why aren't Epic Games and some of these publishers allowing for digital assets to be traded and value to accrue to them within kind of the traditional space.
0: Well, I'm going to take a dot 1 and then Vtech you can in. we started in gaming and it was our goal initially to always create this gaming metaverse and create or work with developers to create and integrate blockchain assets within their games, um, NFTs and provide scarcity and rarity to certain items that you could then melt and we meant in another game. So VTech, you were really the brains behind that initially. So I'd love for you to talk about kind of why, why did we go after gaming first?
4: Okay, well, there's a huge amount of reasons. Firstly, <laughs> just talking about people receiving items in games. I played a lot of games. <laughs> I spent probably many years of my life Literally years end to end in games, and I currently I've had so much history in games, and some of those games are dead. I can't access those items. And other games, my account was went end of life, and now I all my stuff's gone. My characters are gone. Everything is gone. And also something that bothered me it was it was always this sort of walled garden. There's people that try to develop tools. You know, World of Warcraft has its armory thing, and there's people that try to tap into that. But the game developers haven't really been very flexible especially when if you're not like a top tier company that can provide apis for people to feed into it's really a walled garden and it's hard for people to want to create in the community and, and do that people want to create apps around those things they want to create marketplaces and in the past we always saw it was like you know if you do something if you trade your item on ebay or a character on ebay you could get banned if you want to trade an item inside the game it's really archaic it's not really encouraged and also, there hasn't been really a development of business models around that. There hasn't been any thought put into that because game developers have always tried to like make the perfect economy, yet they're centralized, and then things still go haywire and mess with gameplay anyways. Then they introduce nerfs, they introduce weird restrictions, and gamers get frustrated with that, right? You don't feel like you're putting all these hundreds of hours, thousands of hours into these games, and you don't feel like you're valued in, in that way. So that was one of the big things. And another one is... I think there's a huge world of creativity that you can do once you give people the power to own their assets, mint their assets, do all these cool things that the blockchain lets you do. You're creating a contract with the community saying, you know, this is our collection of items, this is how they're going to function, the code is law, and now you can get creative. The blockchain, the ledger, the history, of everything that's happened with your items. You can tap into that and do amazing things, whether that's like show statistics about all your players and what items are popular in the universe and stuff. People can build those tools around that. Game developers typically won't have time to do that. You can also build cool things into games, use that history for storytelling, figuring out how much things are worth, creating economies. Just bringing that extra layer, that extra metaverse around those items is really cool. And also, I mean, just speaking of the metaverse in general, I mean, imagine taking your items and using them in different ways, in different universes. We feel that they're part of your digital identity. People are spending so much time online. It, now, you know, in the future, it's going to be AR. You're going to put on your glasses and have AR going around, going on around you. That This is going to be part of your life. This is your brain space. So you want to have that power to have some flexibility there, be creative, reuse your items, have part of that identity persist forever.
3: Yeah. I have a smile ear to ear because this is like the dream I have for gaming. This metaverse, being able to jump from one game to one game or virtual world to virtual world and carry with you all of the digital assets you accrued in one game or virtual world and bring it with you. And just last question on gaming, because you guys do so much more and I'll let Frank take the rest of the questions. Just like, where do you see like the gaming space and blockchain space in like five years, 10, like how impactful could this really be for those that are still getting familiar with this idea
0: yeah i think massively impactful i think it's been a long road getting here like VTech said we started building in 2017 and we were super early so there's been a lot of education and a lot of infrastructure investment the good news is we have the infrastructure now we are having meaningful conversations. We have over 40 game developers that we're currently working with as early adopters that have caught the vision to understand the impact and the compelling value of this metaverse that we're building. But I think that's organically grown and led into really meaningful, deep conversations with enterprise. And I have a feeling that's where you're going with this. But What VTech is describing, the genesis was gaming. And it's interesting because I think we're going to come full circle back to it. Because it's such a tangible use case, it makes sense from A to Z. But in between, there's so many different application points, different touch points when you're talking about tokenizing all aspects of a person's digital life, like VTech was discussing. So
4: yeah, I want to add on to that. Um, so in the future, I also see some of the existing blockchain games, some more blockchain games going sort of multi-chain. I just got off a conversation with a game that has hundreds of thousands of transactions already on the blockchain per day. And I want to start integrating with our platform as well, because the more interconnected these are, the more living and real these items are for people, the more interest they'll get, the more people will feel like they have power over their items. We were part of two game developer conferences, you know, huge conference in San Francisco. And we were talking to some AAA game developers, some sort of in between like a double a you would call them where they have a few million dollars they're they have a good development team but they're not like call of duty style thing right and they were always worried about the friction points of blockchain so back in 2018 it was hard to deal with. People had to figure out how to get an exchange, get some ether, and this was immediately a deal breaker for some of the larger games, right? The indies would experiment, but then the big guys would be like, this is just not ready for mainstream adoption. Now, you know, we've been making consistent moves to make that easier. With Efinity, I think we're gonna really break past some of the big barriers and make this really uh, usable for large game developers. And we are seeing a lot of interest now from the large publishers yeah. large game developers, so it's really exciting.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a perfect transition to talk about, like we've spoken a bit about some of the opportunity and some of the use cases here, talk about how we scale the technology that powers it. When I think of Ethereum and NFTs, I think of CryptoKitties, which launched and bloated up the entire network and basically everything slowed to a halt. What is Engine's approach to scalability with regards to NFTs? And maybe you could talk about, you just mentioned Affinity and maybe JumpNet, some of the things that you've introduced to help improve that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So before we talk about Affinity, I think it's important to understand what we're building Affinity on in terms of Polkadot and why we chose Polkadot. You mentioned congestion, Polkadot is purpose-built, has so many different features that we think solve some of the largest issues facing blockchains today. Issues like interoperability. You're hearing more and more of this governance issues, security issues, privacy issues. So actually VTech reached out to Dr. Gavin Wood initially as we were performing initial due diligence. And we were really intrigued with how they're going about solving these problems. And so we connected with the team over several months, were really impressed with their white paper and how they were going about doing all of this. And so we saw alignment with the tech side of things. We saw forward thinking and scalability. Not something that was just quick flash in the pan, but something that was sustainable long term. And that's when we really started putting the nuts and bolts together for Efinity. And I'd love, VTech if you want to maybe touch on what is Efinity, what's JumpNet, and what's the progression now? Yeah, so
4: it's not all about scalability. There's a whole... World of things that need to go into this when you're designing a blockchain or a platform. What we're doing with Affinity is we're designing a whole economic system that lets you transact in NFTs, mint, create, burn, do multi transfers, multi sig, create marketplace bids and orders, everything that somebody that would be interacting with NFTs would want to do, crafting, things like that. And the reason we chose Polkadot, like Caleb was saying, is it lets you build these purpose built parachains and you can hyper optimize the code and the protocol, the transaction format, everything, to be beautifully done and super efficient for that kind of transaction. So we're currently building something called the Paratoken Standard, which we think is gonna be sort of like ERC-1155 on Ethereum, but it's gonna go a lot further. When you receive an NFT, let's say you wanna move it to another chain, let's say you wanna do things with it, you wanna ensure that that's that unique item. When you have something in the real world, like you have a unique piece of artwork, You know that if you move it to another country, you move it to, you know, some storage place, it's always going to be that unique item. But currently with the systems, the various bridges and things that are available, you're kind of storing an item on one chain and then you're minting one on another chain. And there's no real standard about doing that. Everyone has different formats of bridges. It's kind of anarchy. So we're trying to define a really good standard for these items to communicate with smart contracts across parachains in the Polkadot ecosystem, interact with any kind of wallet, and even people building full parachains, they can easily interact with all these kind of items. If you bring those items out to Ethereum, they'll still be recognized as that same item. If you bring in any token from Ethereum or another chain, that'll become a native token on Efinity and then people will be able to move that around. So. On the scalability angle, now that we have this framework that we can build on that's super customizable, we can make it super efficient. Currently, we're looking at something like 1,000 to 1,500 TPS on Affinity, but we have the avenue now to build in things like Layer 2 scaling on top of that, so that will push that up to 100,000 TPS. We can do batch transfers of tokens in a single transaction that already massively increases the amount you can transfer in in one transaction. There's a lot of aspects to scalability. Like if you have a completely free chain, you run up into the problem of people will just spam that chain endlessly and it'll grow huge. And if you want to have a blockchain that's decentralized and run by everybody, you have to have certain limits in place. You have to have certain systems in place to make sure that it does not grow out of control the state is accessible to people so we're we're dealing with all that in in infinity we have an economic model that incentivizes people that want to contribute to the network people who want to run affinity people who want to do things on the marketplace like one thing that we haven't really touched on is the pricing of nfts how do you determine a price of an nft we want to make that a part of the economic system so if you put a bid in on an nft you determine a price for it you're gonna have incentives for doing that and that plays into the entire economy plays into the transaction fees plays into everything and we think that this is a good way forward for allowing decentralized scalability
1: yeah and i think there's a lot of things we could go into to follow that up but i think one thing that's in my head is if the choice of using polka dot and potentially leveraging a Layer 2 solution on Polkadot. How does that compare to choosing Ethereum and a Layer 2 solution on Ethereum for potentially a similar use case?
4: Yeah, so there's a number of platforms that are doing Layer 2 on Ethereum, and you are still limited by obviously needing to commit to Ethereum. There's limitations in what you can do with Ethereum. Essentially, if you're using ERC-20 or ERC-721, even erc 155, any smart contract on Ethereum, the way it's designed, the EVM, It's one trustless system. Anyone can deploy a smart contract with a token. It cannot trust any other contract inherently. So you can't really do native tokens on there. If you have an NFT on Ethereum, you want it to go onto a marketplace, do things, You have to actually approve it. You have to send a transaction to approve it. Each contract has its own permission system. It's really difficult to deal with. We tried to address that with the ERC 1155, but it's not quite the way we want. You still have to deal with the limitations of being in that virtual machine. So what we do on Polkadot is we can actually treat these tokens as native tokens to the blockchain. The blockchain itself will enforce those rules. They're not smart contracts. And then we can do cool things like cross-chain messaging there's this thing called xcm where parachains can all communicate with each other and the tokens can move around in between them if you have a certain chain that does something like you want to fill out an order on a marketplace chain or something like that you can just send that out through xcm that chain will do something to the token it'll come back and since it's all native and it's all defined in a standard you don't have to deal with all these security roadblocks that are there with ethereum so we really like working
1: within that system um it lets us get way deeper than we could with ethereum do you think this new approach using polka dot and affinity the parachain built on top of it is that the future is that going to totally eliminate the need to have nfts on ethereum or is that use case still going to exist for certain things and How does the interoperability work between potentially Ethereum and something like Affinity?
4: So I think Polkadot has smart contracts and you'll be able to do a lot there. I still think Ethereum will be the pure anarchy. Well, anarchy is kind of almost a negative term in sense, but you can do anything you want on on Ethereum. No one's gonna, you know, limit you in any way. And and I'm not saying that we're gonna limit you on the Affinity, but there's gonna be certain ways of interacting with native tokens. I think Ethereum is always going to be the breeding ground for weird and crazy ideas, but it's always going to be extremely expensive, even with sharding and all the things that they're adding with ETH2. It'll make it cheaper, but it still have to have restrictions there. So it's a really good place to play around, make tokens. I think a lot of high value tokens will still be there and be created there and, and people will be using that platform. It has so much network effect and traction that it's never going to go away. It's going to be there for thousands of years. But I think people will use parachains and Polkadot for these optimized use cases. So a game wants to put their large game and launch it out and have certain mechanisms and crafting and different things like that. And they wanna have hundreds of thousands of transfers. They'll wanna use something like Efinity on Polkadot.
3: Just to kind of step back a bit in terms of like, from what I'm hearing, you know, this is gonna allow NFTs to enter into so many new different areas. And I think a lot of people, when they hear the word NFT, they associate it right now with digital art. We've talked a bit about the gaming. What are other areas where you see NFTs kind of playing a role? Like, are we talking music? Like, where else is this technology going to seep into? And like, are there physical goods and items? I just want to hear this roadmap for NFTs because so many people are focused on art, 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 and like the market has gone up and now it's back down significantly. What does the roadmap look like for NFTs?
2: Well,
0: we're getting interest from all sorts of different industries, leading players in different industries. So I think there's application all across the board. Our aim at Engine is to tokenize all aspects of a person's digital life. We believe obviously in gaming, that's where we started. I think that's probably what we're going to circle back to like I said before. But in between, we're seeing sports collectibles, we're having discussions with celebrities and influencers. I think those are low hanging fruit because those are people that typically experiment and have groundswell with their communities and want to try and experiment with new things. This has application, in my personal opinion, across the board. Anywhere that has possibility for unique access, any kind of rarity. I mean, we're having discussions with vendors who do event ticketing. This changes even sponsorships. It's really not so much... At this point about monetization and the initial transaction with an NFT, we're finding that conversations are leading to how do we engage fans, engage community in new meaningful ways, ways that are gamified, that are exciting, that keep the excitement going, more of a living organism engagement. And that's where we see NFTs becoming incredibly powerful.
4: Yeah, you can infuse your brand into this unique thing. And now you can use that forever to give people access to things. People can show it off. You can use it to do on-chain like crafting and cool things like redeeming for items. There's so many opportunities there. And we see businesses wanting to gamify.
0: Yeah, I just want to add one thing to that too. It's still really, really early In fact, one of the major barriers that we keep running into is just general usability issues. So at Engine, we're highly focused on, what we've been focused on for the past year is how do we really perfect the UI and UX for the every person? We were so focused for the longest time on game developers and creating this end-to-end blockchain product ecosystem. We've really flipped the script a bit internally and focused on our new wallet that we have coming out, this fall, we've got NFT.io that we're really excited about. We're lining up all sorts of different IP and influencers, as well as musicians, celebrities. So that's exciting. And then we've got Affinity and then our enterprise use cases as well. So we've got kind of a full spectrum that we're doing
1: deep work on and we're excited about where things are headed. Of all those opportunities you just mentioned, where do you see growing the fastest and potentially contributing the most to like, your business?
0: I would suggest it's probably the wallet and NFT.io because it has no friction. It's really for people who, really for the every person. You don't have to be a crypto enthusiast. I will also say that our enterprise use cases are growing. We have, like I said, a myriad of businesses that have reached out that want to work with us, that want to experiment and try new things to engage their fans in new ways. So I think those two are probably the quick, low-hanging fruit. Tech, what are your thoughts there?
4: Yeah, I actually think that with the conversations we've been having over the last couple of months, we have several very large brands that we're talking to that would potentially bring a huge influx of attention. So if you're talking about that kind of growth, them bringing their existing audiences onto the blockchain is a very good low-hanging fruit right now.
3: Yeah, just one question on the enterprise size. Do you have like a concrete example of like how a company is using one of your services today that you can kind of give our audience like when you hear enterprise there's so much that comes to mind like what is how you're working with the enterprise side of today
0: so about two years ago vtech really piloted and engineered a campaign with azure at microsoft and i would love for him because the genesis was really with him and the person at the time who was running this division at Microsoft and what he constructed and his vision for it was pretty epic. I'd love for him to dive into that.
4: Yeah, so on Azure, if you're a developer wanting to use the Azure platform, Microsoft really wants to engage their developers. Developers are not just users, they're Creating content, they're creating code, they're attending events, they're doing all kinds of things. And you want to have some sort of incentives and and sort of fun doing that. So, Microsoft and Engine came up with this concept of creating these badgers where there's these cute characters that you get, and there's different kinds of them. There's the mentor badger, there's the learner badger, there's the content hero badger, and there's a whole bunch of different kinds. So If you attend an Azure event, whether it's in-person or online, we show a QR code or Azure team generates a QR code, they show it to their users and everyone who attended that event gets a token. They can then put it on a map on the Azure website, and then everybody has a little dot on the map. They can link with their social, shared on Twitter and that was amazing. People loved that system. When they post content, they can go and nominate themselves and say, look, I posted this blog post about Azure, I posted this open source code, I want to get recognized and then the Microsoft team goes in on our platform and they can send out these tokens to people. And So they can do this using our Beam QR code system that lets you just generate a QR code, put it up, someone scans it with their phone, boom, they got a token. So eventually Microsoft keeps expanding that. They actually made physical plushies of the NFTs now. So if you collect five of them, you can go up to a Microsoft representative of an event, you can scan a QR code and they will mark those tokens as used. They'll give you the physical item. And now with COVID, there's a lot more digital events. So instead of going to get physical swag, you're actually getting these NFTs, which can be unique, they can be per event. So that was really interesting and Microsoft is continuing to develop that and make the experience more frictionless for users. We're also collaborating with various different enterprises. For example, we worked with Samsung when they launched their S10, the Samsung blockchain key store in their Knox system. So our wallet is extremely secure and we integrated directly with the hardware of Samsung phones to do that. And we're continuing to explore things with Samsung. So there's a lot of interesting cases. We're working with a number of enterprises that some of them we can't talk about right now, but they are exploring gamifying in-person sort of events and linking the physical experience with a digital experience so they can then, those people will be interested in re-attending more physical experiences, things like that.
0: Yeah, and I just wanted to add what's exciting about The sequence and the process here is that we really have a successful crystallized use case with Microsoft. We've developed an amazing relationship there, and that's expanding internally as well within the organization. And being able to use that as kind of our launch pad now going forward with other conversations, it just shows that really there's no limit to what can be done. Yeah, VTech, huge props to him for pioneering such a very tangible use case. And I think as we really dig into better usability. Anybody can use it. I think that more and more organizations are going to get involved. And you can do so many cool things just to give some examples.
4: I mean, you can do things like digital ticketing or putting a QR code on a physical ticket. And then that will then give people an NFT that gives them that permanent memory of instead of having a physical ticket stub around you, you'll have that permanent memory on forever. You can collect those and you can eventually tie those into maybe digital experiences with that enterprise or company or sports or whatever it is right so there's a lot of things you can explore there and, and extend people's engagement with the brand
1: on the topic of usability and increasing access you also have a uh, plugins and sdks for java and unity is the vision there to try and build something like i think of stripe as you know adding billing or payments with seven lines of code or less is is the idea behind those projects to bring easier access for developers to incorporate nfts into their products That was the original goal. We wanted to just give people the
4: easiest access. Developers don't really want to have a blockchain team. They're developing a game. They don't want to hire five people to build a whole blockchain infrastructure. We want to make it standardized so games can communicate with each other. People can put these items on different kind of platforms and wallets and things that they want to use. What we're doing with the SDKs right now, we're moving to a next phase of the SDKs where it's a lot more open people can actually run their own nodes they can choose their own infrastructure providers a lot of the larger game companies they'll run their own servers in the back end they want to have you know huge capacity to hit those as fast as they want so we're moving from sort of being like a cloud provider of this to just being you know a really open framework that directly talks to the blockchain and we can tie that into all
1: the blockchains that these nfts are on and looking for i guess trying to tie Engine the Company to Engine the Coin, which launched in 2017, how do these two relate and how are they going to relate in the future as Engine the Company grows and Engine the Coin also evolves and plays a role in this ecosystem?
4: So we present an idea to the community in 2017. We wrote our white paper and we said, you know, this is our vision for how gaming could look in the future. And we received such a massive response. I mean, we sold out completely of EngineCoin, and that was huge for us. And so now we've been building that initial vision. The vision is now growing. So with Efinity, we need to design a new economic framework. We are releasing EFI token, and that's going to power a lot of the transactions, a lot of the functionality on Efinity itself. But Engine Coin is going to continue to be part of this whole ecosystem. Since EngineCoin has been around, it's a sort of an OG gaming coin now, has you know, 100,000 people holding it. That community is going to be involved in maintaining the Infinity blockchain. So they're going to be able to stake their Engine Coin and then receive rewards on Infinity, and they'll be able to choose collator nodes that are running the network. That's called nomination, similar to what Polkadot does in nominating nodes. An engine coin is always used as sort of a backing value. If you want to have a really expensive rare item that's made of gold or something, you might want to infuse some value into it in an engine coin. So you might put a thousand engine coin in there and now, you know, it could be worth a certain amount on the market, just as that base value. So we find people who make really rare items really like to infuse that value in there.
3: And then so just last question while we have you what does the future hold for nfts engine the broader crypto space we want to just get your thoughts unfiltered stream of consciousness like what are you most excited for in this space at the company level and just broader ecosystem
0: i think what i'm excited about is just education for the masses we still have a lot of people who don't really understand what a non-fungible token is and it's practical application across any kind of industry really. So I think what I'm excited about at Engine is just baseline for education, strategic relationships and partnerships that can provide tangible use cases for everyday people. I'm also really excited about, our CEO is is really talented when it comes to design and focusing on user experience. So we wanna break down all friction and make sure that our products are accessible, to the masses. And we believe if the masses are there, then really, you've got the use case for gaming companies, enterprise relationships, etc. So me personally, those are probably the touch points that get me excited.
4: On my end, I actually really want more standardization to happen just across the world. Right now, there's things that are standardized fiat currencies, you know, you can kind of trade between them. Everyone knows what a fiat currency is. Signatures, you can sign something with a pen and generally around the world, they recognize that as your signature. But now with this amazing power of blockchain and and NFTs, imagine you can just sign something digitally with your wallet. Anyone in the world will understand what that is. Anyone will be able to interact with NFTs and create NFTs on the fly, do cool things like that, be really experimental. I mean, it's giving users power to really interact with these things easily. And once that's there with the masses and all these companies and games and then projects are experimenting with this, it's gonna open up new worlds that we have never experienced before in digital ownership and gaming and and business, real estate, all those kinds of things. So it's gonna be a fun next few years.
1: Awesome, well, thanks so much guys. We really appreciate the time and we look forward to watching this story unfold. There's so many exciting things happening in this space. Thank you.
3: Yeah, thank you so much. We wish you the best of luck. We're super excited to continue to watch the company grow and really appreciate you coming on.
0: Yeah, likewise. Thank you so much for having us.
2: ARC believes that the information presented is accurate and was obtained from sources that ARC believes to be reliable. However, ARC does not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of any information, and such information may be subject to change without notice from ARC. Historical results are not indications of future results.